That was Chris Tomlin with goodness, love, and mercy. We now get to uh, the important part of today's conversation here on Elevated on Radio Pulpit and Radio Cape Pulpit. With me on the line, I have Abigail Lopesha. She is a specialist wellness counselor registered with the Association for Supportive Counselors and Holistic Practitioners. And what I love about her ministry, what I love about her practice, is that she uses counseling techniques that are based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Elohim Christian Counseling is where you will find Abigail if you need her help. And I'm very thankful, Abigail, that you join us today because I believe many people will be helped. Good day and welcome. Thank you, Jenny Thank you so much for having me on your show this morning. Um, yes, I do pray that many people will be helped and that the Holy Spirit um, enlightens them to whatever information they need this morning through this wonderful discussion that you've decided to have and this wonderful but hard topic to discuss within the Christian community. So thank you so much for allowing me to serve you this morning and whatever knowledge and wisdom God allows me to to to, to speak on. I, I think this is a very, very tough topic because it has so many layers today. And as I said to you off air, we might not get to all those layers, but we're definitely going to make a start today. And where, yes, I'd like yes. to, where I'd like to start, Abigail, is your personal experience, because I know you, um, you've been through divorce, uh, family addictions. Tell us a bit about your personal testimony, where perhaps your journey uh, of counseling started. So, um, just to clarify, I particularly myself have not been through divorce, but I, I do come from parents who've, who've gone through a divorce, mm-hmm. um, as well as family members um, who have gone through addictions and, and you know, suffer the consequences thereof. But where my counselling began was, <laughs> and I always joke, it started in, in school, basically not knowing what I wanted to do, but realising I'm not that great at maths. So anything that did not include that, I was I was happy to go into, but also knowing that I enjoyed people and God had gifted me with a particular listening ear to, to actually hear what people were saying. And so I thought, okay, well, psychology seems seems to fit that mold. And so I got into psychology and um, I was also very much intrigued with uh, something called criminal profiling. So I did both. Uh, psychology and criminology in my undergrad but God then led me down the road of um, becoming a specialist wellness counselor eventually and why that was is because during my undergrad I worked at a suicide crisis center I worked there for about three years and I experienced firsthand people attempting suicide on a call with you um, people going through clinical psychologists, as well as psychiatrists, as well as support groups, um, medication, and finding relief short term, or or finding relief, but not necessarily the root of where their their pain stemmed from. And Mm -hmm. so that was very hard to hear on a regular basis, where you have people phoning in and saying, listen here, I've gone through the psychologist, I've gone through the psychiatrist, I've been there for years, but nothing's helping my pain just it's just not going away or it keeps them back and this was happening regularly and and I declared myself as a Christian um, but obviously as all Christians do we go I feel that we all go through a journey of being in the wilderness and and being stubborn yeah. <laughs> and not necessarily hearing God and so but in my heart and in my soul I knew that God was saying 
No, but what people are lacking is is the gospel of Jesus Christ and knowing that their sin is ultimately forgiven. And the, the minute they repent of their sin and that they seek Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, um, that they what comes with that is so much relief to their pain. And unfortunately, within the psychology, clinical psychology realm, as well as in the psychiatry realm, um, a lot of people are prohibited or restricted from discussing their religious views and in particular um, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I was like, well, God, you've brought me this far. Now I've hit a, a, you know, I'm in between a rock and a hard place. I love what I do. But um, the council or the board, the health professions council is very restrictive in discussing um, Christianity and Jesus Mm. Christ in particular. So God, I don't know. (laughs) What do you want me to do? This is, this is crazy. And so God led me down the road of um, the board that I am now with. Um, which gives me the the scope and the I would say the platform to discuss the fact that we all need Jesus Christ. We all need to know the one true gospel of Jesus Christ because mental health um, issues, mental health disorders are very, very real. I see it in my practice every day. I see people going through pain. I see people going through circumstances that don't understand. I see people going through the fact that they are incapable of actually physically getting out of bed or mm. incapable of actually climbing in the shower and or brushing their teeth because their physical being has been so impacted by trauma, abuse, um, crime, financial issues. And so it's to look at the person holistically. And so getting into counseling was something that was was blessed by God and it was a road that he I can I can testify he literally walked me on if I can he literally picked me up and walked me on the counseling road and and it was a profession and it is a profession that I'm very passionate and in love with and so serving people is of utmost importance but I I realize day to day we cannot serve people without declaring the true one true gospel and that is you need to repent of your sin. You need to first accept that you're a sinner. If you do not accept that you're a sin, you do not need a savior. Um, and once you admit your sin and once you admit that, oh, actually, I have a savior who is willing to forgive me of all of my sin and all the shame and all the guilt and all the um, pain and all the, the harm that's been also not that I've caused, but that has been done to me and mm. that I don't understand Jesus Christ walks with that pain and walks me through that pain so it's if if we do not stand on that you're standing on on what is god say you're building your house on sandy or yeah Mm. the the seashore you're not building it on a rock Um, and so you cannot then build the house of recovery you cannot build the house of um, pain relief you cannot build the house of mental stability or, or mental strength on 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 you know, the seashore, you have to build it on the rock, you have to build it on the foundation. Without that, things are very, very short term. Psychology, I mean, you're more than welcome to go and buy your five steps to, you know, improve your life, cum books, um, exclusive books, all the books will sell that. So you're more than welcome to do that. But I find it's very, very short lived. Um, And with Christ, people find healing and they find, oh, actually, I am saved and I am loved and I am accepted and um, I can I can heal from bipolar, from major depression, from PTSD, from suicidal ideation. So, yeah, that is that is 
my route on on the counseling journey and i and i hope that sufficiently answers your question (laughs) absolutely we have we have clarity and i love your relationship with god um abigail i want to thank you so much for sharing a part of your personal journey with us today i think some listeners might have received healing just by listening to your testimony we are busy running out of time but i still want to get to the topic of suicide if you just tuned in we are talking to abigail lobsher she is a specialist wellness counselor uh, from elohim christian counseling we have to take a quick music break uh we jump into the very tough conversation of suicide and see how much of it we have time left to cover right after this yes canton jones with be healed that then canton jones with be healed thank you for listening today and i really hope that god just ministers and the holy spirit ministers healing unto your soul today as we talk to Abigail Lopesha. Abigail, we're now going to get to this very tough conversation. I, I'm not sure how much time we will have, but I want to talk about suicide. As of late, yeah. um, there's been a lot of reports of suicide that has really rocked the world, I would say. And I think we've become more aware of the fact that even people who are seemingly okay uh, choose to end their own life. And as Christians, it is tough to tackle this conversation as a Christian counselor then just shortly, how do we approach suicide from a Christian perspective? Well, suicide is so far reaching Genevieve. So as Christians, I know um, we find it difficult and a sticky subject to approach and to understand that a person who commits suicide is not necessarily wanting to end their life. They, they're simply wanting their pain uh, to go away. Mm. And they, have no found other, they haven't found another solution um, other than ending their own life to end that pain. Medication hasn't helped. Counseling hasn't helped. Um, and so ending their life has, has looked to be the only solution. And so when we look at suicide and we look at family members and friends affected by a loved one committing suicide and um, knowing that suicide is a sin, it is thinking immediately, oh, the person, then if they're a Christian and they committed suicide, they're in hell. And that is that is not the truth because Jesus Christ became sin who knew no sin on the cross. Um, and so he, he, became, he became the individual who committed suicide on the cross and he paid for that sin as well. And so to find comfort that if the person believed in Jesus Christ and, and they, they believed in, in him as Lord and Savior and they did end up ending their life, to understand that Jesus Christ also paid for that sin and that sin in their life is, is forgiven. Um, however, looking at death and, and looking at even maybe anybody listening who has had suicidal ideation is to identify that suicide. Like I said, it's wanting the pain to go away. And yes, many people say, you know, talk to somebody about your pain or seek out counseling or seek out, you know, medicinal help. Um, but sometimes that's just not enough. And so as a Christian, when you are facing somebody who, who you see is depressed or you see is not coping, our duty as Christians is to serve. Mm-hmm. And so if you are, so, and even a family member or friend who's coming out of somebody committing suicide, our duty as Christians is to serve. And how you serve is you give listening ear, you give comfort, you give love, you give um, uh, you give them a bowl of food, you you surround them with, servitude and not uh, a mindset of 
oh, you know, you're depressed, just get out of it if the person is depressed or, or the person has had suicidal ideations or has attempted suicide. It's to look at the person as, as, as Jesus Christ would and say, oh, you're in severe pain that nothing seems to be taking that away. And to, to reiterate the fact that the person in a suicidal state or, or who has attempted suicide or has suicidal ideation, that this pain is not going to last forever. And then people coming out of the effects of suicide, speaking to them about the, the effects of the suicide that has, has, has affected them and, and giving them the space to either talk to you or not talk to you or discuss the pain or not, not discuss the pain. It's never to force anybody into any position that, you as an onlooker or an outsider, you now need to feel better. So you need information from this person or you need this person to feel better about the situation. No, sometimes people just need the space to grieve, to mourn, to feel depressed and then reiterate resources. So um, many people think that if a person is in a depressive state, that this is the time they're going to commit suicide. And usually when a person is in a depressive state, they're too demotivated to ultimately commit suicide. It's when you start to see the elevation of mood, the the starting of, you know, selling things, giving uh, personal items away, um, going from a, what looks like a depressive state to all of a sudden feeling better. It's in that feeling better stage that you need to have more of a presence in the person's life, be present in the person's life and check in on them more. Simply because that elevated state, if a person has suicidal ideations, gives them the motivation because they have the suicide date in mind knowing okay my pain is going to end on tuesday and therefore that motivates them and gives them an elevated state of mood to then um continue in life and look as if they're feeling better and so uh, with suicide it's such a difficult subject to approach because there's so many dynamics and there's Mm -hmm. not a particular criteria that you can say, okay, the person did this and that and this, and therefore they're going to commit suicide because it varies on, on, on many levels. And so also telling the person who has been affected by suicide, ultimately in that moment, there was nothing that you could have necessarily done. Even if you were handcuffed to the person 24-7, that person, if they were determined in their life, they will chop off their arm, handcuffed to you to end their life simply because the pain that they feel is so overwhelming. So there's many people who feel responsible or guilty or shame because the person in their life has committed suicide. But to, to excuse me, to say to them, you could, even if you were there 24 seven, even if you gave them the love, even if you share the gospel, ultimately the decision of suicide is in that person's hand. And, um, it's a very, very devastating blow, especially within Christian community, but even in non-believing communities, it ripples through to communities. And we know recently the, there was that start, uh, Twitch. I'm not very into secular world. So I think Twitch was his name, Twitch, but he yes. looked, yes, he committed suicide. Um, and that even rippled to myself. Um, and, and it's so devastating and your heart sinks because it's, it's something that you, you would have hoped that the person would have not done. Yes. Um, but yeah, that is that is a summary, a quick summary of, of as much as what I can fit into 
um, such a such a difficult question. Very, very difficult indeed. And as you said, it has many facets to it. And I think um, as the church, our focus um, has been, I think, uh, partially rightly so on the spiritual aspect of it, you know, yes, for yes. It and, and breaking spiritual yes. strongholds and things like that. That also plays into it. What yes, would you say yes. to to somebody about just the spiritual aspect of suicide? Look, the the devil is, is is seeking whom he may devour. He comes mm-hmm. to kill, steal, and destroy. And usually we find that in stealing your, your thought process mm-hmm. um, and wanting to kill you off. We have to understand as Christians, Satan does not like us. He, he is not our friend. He wants to, he wants to destroy us. And if he can destroy us within the spiritual realm, particularly in our mental processing, um, we he can he can hold us captive to thoughts of suicide and so um it's it's looking at the spiritual realm and like you so rightly said and thank you for mentioning as i did forget is we need to be praying but praying earnestly and and praying earnestly over our loved ones and and anointing your households and praying over the house that you live in and in particular what i want to what i so desperately want to also bring to a person's knowledge is we need to specifically as adults, but within our youth as well, we need to be severely looking at content, social media, mm-hmm. because Satan gets to our minds, mm-hmm. yes, through social media. He gets through our youth's mind through social media and our minds. Even as an adult, if you are on Instagram and you are looking at what your lifestyle should be and that it isn't, that thought process Satan can start to use like, okay, you don't have this lifestyle, so you are obviously inadequate at your job. You're not earning enough money. You're not providing for your children. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. And he starts to infiltrate your thought process simply by something as simple as Instagram or TikTok or, or YouTube. And that thought process that we're looking at that, that Satan can infiltrate is then taken over by deceit and lies from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And he starts to use those thought processes in our minds to make us think unwo- uh, that we are unworthy and to make us lose hope because suicide is not only... It's, it's predominantly based in the pain that you're feeling, but it's that moment of loss of hope. And where does that moment of loss of hope start? It starts at a thought that mm. came maybe two years, three years ago, um, that has caused you into a state of depression and, 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 and then falling into discontent and not having joy. And then not only that, losing, um, Things and you know going through breakups and going through financial loss and going through uh, traumas. So it's it's like I said, it's such a it's such a broadened subject. But spiritual warfare is very very real, and it starts as we all know as Christians in your mind. And if you are not controlling the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life with what you watch and what you listen to, and I know it sounds very simple and it sounds mm-hmm. very basic and Churches emphasize this a lot, but we have to start controlling Absolutely. what we put into our minds. And because the enemy, like like I keep saying, he, he cannot read your mind, but he can infiltrate your thought process. Mm. And that thought process and what we are, and as Christians need to understand is not every thought is our own. Yes. Not every thought comes from me as Abigail, comes from you as Jenna Lee. The thought of Oh, you know, this sin is unforgivable, or you are unworthy, or or you are, you know, you you know, you you're so stupid, or you 
or mm. nobody's ever going to love you or your parents will never listen to you or you are not worthy to be um you know a, a man or a woman whatever thought that infiltrates we cannot always assume that that's a thought mm-hmm. and when you start to distinguish okay hold on this thought is an evil thought it definitely doesn't come from god if it is degrading and um debilitating mm-hmm. and i as a, a child of god know that i cannot think so where is it coming from and then you know yeah. okay the tactics of the enemy the fiery darts of the evil one where am i protecting my mind and not only is it to prevent what you watch and what you listen to and what you see but then to also incorporate and and read read your bible mm. and a lot of us don't want to do that we we, we settle on a devotion or we settle on a sermon yes but we for, we forget wait, God is actually talking to us through the Bible and how am I going to replace that thought that is not my own or maybe is my own because of whatever trauma I've been through? How am I going to replace that thought? And you replace that thought with scripture and research has shown scripture because the God, because the word of God is so powerful Mm. and sharper than any two-edged sword, any scripture that you recite over yourself in your mind, or let's say I get a thought and says, okay, Abigail, you're on whether you can't do this right, you can't do that right. And I immediately start to recite the scripture. And maybe the scripture is, uh, be still and know that I'm God. And I recite that scripture, scripture, just that one, because I can't think of anybody, anything else. Mm-hmm. I repeat it. Research, science has shown that repetition of scripture starts to dissipate the, the, the evil thought or the, the thought of discontent. And the more you do it, and I'm sure many people have read Caroline Eve's book um, and how she describes your, your, your neurological thought process. And uh, obviously, the more you think evil thoughts or the more you allow evil thoughts to set into your mind, um, they, co- they grow what we call or what she called like trees almost in your neural pathways. Mm. And so that becomes habitual. But when you start to read scripture over that, those little trees that are formed start to die off. Mm. And your, your brain on a structural level can actually start to process things healthier. Your anxiety starts to decrease and your depression. And again, research has shown reading your Bible. And please don't get me wrong. I love devotionals. I love sermons. Include that. But read your Bible. Research mm-hmm. has shown the more you read your Bible, your anxiety decreases and your depression. Abigail, um, the last question that I have for you today is then how do we motivate people to get the help that they need? Perhaps people who are contemplating suicide. Um, there is also still, you know, among some communities, a big stigma surrounding getting counseling, going to see a counselor. Uh, yes, within, yes. With, within two minutes, can you just please talk to somebody who perhaps are contemplating suicide and encourage them to reach out to get help? If you are struggling, if you're if you're struggling at all, even if to think about even putting your foot out of the bed or even facing another day, it it doesn't take any energy or any effort just to pick up the phone, phone SADAG, suicide crisis center, phone lifeline. If you want immediate assistance, but more importantly, take yourself seriously and how you feel. Seriously, yes, there might be people around you who don't take you seriously. There might be people around you who don't understand. But you as somebody who is feeling so overwhelmed and so in pain, take yourself seriously. If you are in pain, there is nothing, there's nothing wrong with reaching out to a counselor. Why that is, it's the same concept. If your foot 
was cut off and you're in pain, you're immediately going to go to the hospital. You're immediately going to go and seek help. It's the exact same thing with suicidal ideation, with depressive feelings. It's the exact same thing. If you are bleeding mentally, if you are suffocating mentally, if you are dying mentally, you have to take it seriously and phone a Get into contact with myself. Um, get into contact with SADAC, telephonic counseling. It's it's free from landline to landline. Lifeline is free. If you are not able to afford it or if you cannot even see yourself coming to a session. Um, this is exactly why I do online sessions. And so if all you can do is lie in bed, put your phone to your face and talk, do that. That is why online is amazing. So you can be in bed, so you can be in your gown, so you can be crying. So you don't have to get out of bed. And so this is exactly why I do online counseling. Um, but it's always to say, and if you know of somebody who's suicidal or who the Holy Spirit has revealed to you, something might be wrong. My imploration to you is go and serve that person. And serving that person might just be being present. What can I do for you? Uh, or not even asking them what you can do for them. Just do something. Just go. Just go to the house. Just go and make them a bowl of food. Just give them a call or just send them a message. Um, so many times a suicidal client will say, my friend or my family member just sent me a message or just called me literally at the exact moment I was about to end my life. And it prevented me from doing that. And so um, pick up the phone, go to the person's house, be intrusive. If you feel that the person is suicidal, I know people think, Oh no, I should no be, be intrusive, be that person who says, no, I love you. I see something's wrong. I am here. I don't care if I just sit on your couch and be here. We don't need to talk about anything. But if you are suicidal, take yourself seriously. I believe exactly what you're feeling. I know that what you're feeling is is, is extreme, extreme pain. Um, and myself, along with so many other mental health professionals, are here. And God, as much as God has blessed doctors and, and medical professionals, he's also blessed the realm of counseling and psychology mm-hmm. in the areas of assisting you mentally um, because that's what God does. He provides us mercy on this earth because he knows how difficult it is. So so reach out to that mercy, which is counseling. There we go. That's the voice of Abigail Lopesha. She is a specialist wellness counselor um, from Elohim Christian Counseling. Abigail, thank you so much for your time today. And we'll definitely talk again soon. Thank you, Jenna Lee. Have a wonderful day.